0: Clydes, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today?
1: This war rocket Ajax to bring back his body. Hello, everybody, and welcome to War Rocket Ajax. This is the Internet's Most Explosive Comic Book and Pop Culture Podcast, and the two of us, why we're just your hosts. My name is Chris Sims. With me, as always, is Matt Wilson. Matt, how are you feeling, buddy?
0: I'm getting through it. (laughs) I'm getting through it. (laughs) I'll talk more about it when we get to uh, where we talk about what's going on with us. Uh, But uh, I am... In holiday mode, finally, fully. Holiday
1: mode.
0: Holiday mode. I started Christmas shopping today and found something for my nephew, who I usually have a hard time finding something for, and found something for you like immediately. And so your gifts are on the way. To you, you cannot open those boxes.
1: That's it's interesting that you say that because I ordered. What did I order for myself? I it was a Dragon Ball figure, but I don't remember which one. Uh-huh. It might have been Vegeta. Okay. And they just went ahead and put a label on the box as to what it was. No, that like like they took. Th- Like, you know how when you go into the store and you pick up a Vegeta action figure? If you're me? They put Uh a label on that. And just
0: mailed it. Oh, I see. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like, it's it's an interesting strategy.
0: Specifically for toys. I mean, I guess there's a chance that what I ordered for you will arrive just in the box and not in another box. I did... I only had the option to gift wrap one of them, so one of them is gift wrap. Interesting, uh, interesting. Uh, no, but the other one I did
1: I'm not happy, have that option for. I'm hoping you didn't get me Vegeta because I've got him. No worries there. No worries there. But, well, well, I've got Super Saiyan Vegeta. I don't have Super Saiyan God Vegeta. Well, or, or regular Vegeta.
0: Uh, no worries about Vegeta in this in this circumstance. Uh, anyway, if there is a box to open, don't open it. If it comes with just a label on it, I don't know what the fuck. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Chris, I hope you're doing okay. I'm doing
1: all right, Matt. I'm doing all right. I am. Uh, I have done some of my Christmas shopping, but I have not done all of it for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. You gotta space it out. You gotta. You gotta. Let the largesse flow for for a little bit of time so you feel like you're in a giving spirit. I mean, I like you say that, but I did it's
1: surprising because I did start on Halloween day,
0: <laughs> so it has been going on for a, a bit of time. Yeah, Chris, we're going to be talking about we're going to be taking some listener questions on the show this week. Uh, we are recording on not our normal day it's not thursday night uh there were a couple of reasons we didn't record on thursday and we may get into those a little later in the show um it is saturday afternoon and we have put out the call for some listener questions so we're going to be talking taking some listener questions later in the show but before that chris we do have some business to take care of our first bit of business is thanking our newest supporters over on the website patreon
1: that's right, Matt. These are the people who have gone all the way down to 661 Gimmick Street. They've also gone to patreon.com slash Rocket Ajax. That is the important part. That is the important but I'm part. But sure yes. I'm sure there is something at 661 Gimmick Street.
0: Of course, there's something at 661 Gimmick Street.
1: I mean, it, it could be the, the famous, the internationally famous Gimmick Street vacant lot district.
0: It's not. We're not there yet. We're not do- we're not doing that yet. If, if it's we, haven't, lot- we
1: haven't given up on on the bit. We haven't we haven't given up on the bit but not stopped doing the bit yet, okay?
0: Right. Got it's it. It. it's the it's the petting zoo that has reindeers. That's
1: that's a good that's a good one. It's it's weird because it is it's
0: it's not seasonal. It's there all the time. Yeah, it's there all the time. You could go pet reindeer anytime you want. Yeah, at the petting zoo.
1: At, at well, at the at the gimmick Street petting zoo. Yeah, it's also
0: adults only, but like non-sexually. It's one. Of, it's like one of those restaurants where they don't allow in kids because kids are loud, not because yeah. it's a yeah. It's not a sexual thing. It's a quiet thing. Yeah, it's it's like
1: a it's it's like a Dave and Busters. It's a petting zoo for adults. <laughs> I
0: mean, that's not selling me on it. <laughs> I was in the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> I was in the city of Philadelphia for Thanksgiving. The, the Dave and Busters of cities. Not wrong. Not wrong. Hey don't let Marlene listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we went downtown for a day and went through a christmas market it was great it was so nice this is a little mini check before mini comfort before my actual comfort we went to the christmas market it was super fun and then after that marlene wanted to go to like a thrift store like a second hand store and look around and i just wanted to be somewhere warm where i could sit down which you cannot do at uh whatever that store was the second hand store so i went into a mall downtown where I could just kind of sit in the food court. And a huge section of this mall was an under construction, essentially Dave and Buster's, but that's also mini golf. Okay. And it had some like ridiculous name with putt in the name. But it was okay, so. It
1: wasn't like a Top Golf.
0: It was not a Top Golf. It was a. It was a huge mini golf, Dave and Buster's. So it was like they had mini golf and arcade games and alcohol. <laughs> Whatever they were going to finally open, <laughs> it was so weird to me. Nonetheless, I gotta say this. We're still in the
1: bit, but like, if I can take a step outside the bit for a second. If there was a place where I could go get, like, a cocktail and also see a reindeer, I
0: would, I would go there tonight. Yeah, that would be amazing. Um, it's called Putt Shack. That's not a pun. It's like they're trying to play on Caddyshack. But that's nothing. They <laughs> <laughs> could just call it ca- Caddyshack. You could. You could. Anyway, there's a petting zoo. At 661 Gimmick Street. There is.
1: But that has very little to do with what we need you to do, which is go to patreon.com slash Ajax and kick in as little as a dollar a month to help us keep this show going, help us block out some time on a Saturday, a rare daylight recording, and uh, most importantly, help us pay those gimmicks they keep sending in the mail called Bills. Because they do keep sending them.
0: They do. And Chris, we're recording this... At pretty much Wake Up, Wake Up, Wake Up the first of the month. Which means I don't have any new names to read. Nobody has signed on since the last time we recorded. You could be that person. You could be the next one to join up on Patreon and help us continue uh, to pay our bills and otherwise fund uh, our lives and things we need to pay for. You can help us out a whole bunch if you go to patreon.com slash Ajax and kick in as little as a dollar a month, like Chris said. And uh, you can help us get back to that funny weed number. We're still reaching back for that funny weed number. Ever since that weird thing happened where Patreon like deleted some patrons. I still don't know what happened with that. But our patron number went down... And we're just clawing back to the funny weed numbers. So help us get there, please, if you can. Um, as a Patreon supporter, you help support this show every week, the Every Story every Special every month, Comics Catch-Up every month, as well as Movie Fighters and Snack Situation. We're going to have to do a Movie Fighters for December, Chris, because the strikes are over. We could watch that Violent Santa movie. That, that There's was our plan. plan. Yeah, there's also been another suggestion of a movie for us to watch in December, so we have a couple options. Um, All of those shows are made possible by your support on Patreon. And as a patron, you get every single one of those shows that I just listed off completely ad-free in your own special Patreon feed that only you get that's just for you. You can also get bonus content, stuff we record specially for Patreon Uh, Stuff that Chris writes that's just for Patreon, stuff we cut out of the show, stuff I cut out of the show, uh, outtakes that don't make it in for time or whatever other reason that uh, I put on the Patreon just for patrons. All of that bonus content you can get over on the Patreon if you're at that level. Line-stepping privileges for our various segments, like Every Story Ever and currently Thursday Night Raw. And uh, physical rewards as well, like t-shirts we got to start thinking about what the 2024 t-shirt is going to be, Uh, and I'm sure we will come up with something so nice for the 2024 t-shirt. If you're unable to help us monetarily, which it happens, we understand uh, that sometimes money is tight, uh, you can help us out in other ways. You can leave us a review on the podcasting app that you use of five stars. That would help us out immensely, or... You can just spread the word about the show, give us some good word of mouth, and help us acquire more listeners, more earballs listening to the show.
2: Um, oh, also-
0: no, no. With that, Chris, it's time for Comforts and Joys. Oh, love, and joy. Chris, what's bringing you comfort this week?
1: Matt, I gotta say, I don't, I don't like that you said that. And the way you said that <laughs> <laughs> but but here's here's what's bringing me comfort matt baby i'm uh, I'm making the decisions now. I'm the one in charge, buddy cause i got we we got a visit from the Nielsen company you're a Nielsen household, we are a Nielsen household, so when in 2024, when all programming <laughs> on on broadcast television is uh, AEW and reruns of Star Trek: The Next Generation, you know who to thank, and you're welcome. That's the real peak TV. Wow! Wow! Incredible. Yeah, I'm. I'm. He, here's here's the thing, though. They are not interested in me. They. It is. It is my wife. Uh, who is in the demo that, that they want? That they actually want the opinion of? Because uh, I am—I am past—I am past, I'm no longer eighteen to thirty-four, and, t- buddy, I'm a dime a dozen at this point. You're in the you're in the eighteen to forty-nine demo. I'm in the eighteen to forty-nine. Yeah, but but they're not. I don't think they're looking for me these days. <laughs> I will say, uh. I, I did have to, like, we had to, obviously, nowadays, mostly concerned with streaming. Which is weird, because you'd think they would be able to know who's who's doing that. But I had to list off, like, all the streaming services that I use. And so we had, like, you know, the the standard, you know, Netflix, Hulu, and everything. And I was, like, yeah, and we also actually watch a lot of Dropout. Uh, we, we, like, drop out a lot. And then... Old guy looked at a uh, looked at the PlayStation. and Was like, I see you got Crunchyroll and Funimation on here, and I was like, Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I do really love Goku and his friends. Unfortunately, I I do watch quite a bit of anime. So, so maybe that's what it's going to be. Maybe we're going to get finally the Star Trek: The Next Generation anime that that we've been needing. Hmm. Oh, huh. Maybe it's finally time for Riker to achieve his second form. Make it Shonen. Honestly, Star Trek, but make it Shonen does sound pretty good. Although that is pretty close to basically what this season of Lower Decks has been. (laughs) Which is extremely good. This season of Lower Decks uh, owns bones, actually. Uh, So yeah, um, taking comfort in that. Taking comfort in having the power over the media. So, uh, interested to see how that goes. Matt, what is uh, what is comforting you this week?
0: Uh, well, Chris, what is comforting me is that I have any power left in my body. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because you will recall when we did Every Story Ever, some number of days ago, that I was like, I don't feel so good. My stomach's a little shaky. Well, the following two days were me discovering that I basically had stomach flu and it being fucking terrible. Uh, I still don't feel great, but I'm gradually getting better. The worst day was Thursday. A huge part of why we didn't record on Thursday, um, is because I was still quite sick and, uh, I had to take the day off from work, and it was just painful, like just uncomfortable and painful. And uh, I never had a fever or anything, but it just felt bad, just felt like trash. And uh, so my comfort is that I actually feel better now, today, <laughs> that we're recording this. So, <laughs> and, so your comfort is
1: actual comfort?
0: Yes, uh, or lack of discomfort. Many would call that comfort. Mm, I think there's a distinction. Less discomfort is not necessarily comfort. This might be the most
1: on-brand
0: exchange that we have had in quite some time. That is true. But nonetheless, I, I was sick, and uh, now I am feeling better. Uh, so that is that is my comfort, uh, that I'm finally a little bit better after... Not feeling so good for a few days. Uh, time for some, some joys. What is bringing you joy, Chris? Matt, as
1: you know, as I have
0: spoken about
1: on this show often and prominently, I am a fan of the video game Persona 5. Mm, mm, mm. I it I have played it twice. Amounting to a total time of about 320 hours, uh, I have played the the spin-off game, uh, Persona Five Strikers, and the thing that I've been working on writing for so long for uh, the Ajax Patreon is uh, an essay about Persona Five. Because uh, I mentioned way way back that I had I was thinking about writing something along those lines, and I just haven't been able to make it come together. Uh so, this is what I'll tell you, Matt. You know how
0: much I like that game? Please. You bought it, like, seven times? I bought it three times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not that many. It's not as often, It's not as much as I bought Symphony of the Night. Okay, okay. Six and counting.
0: Six I, I and feel if there's like,
1: another one, I'll get it.
0: I feel like that is really the true measure. Of how much somebody likes a game. Is how many times have they purchased it.
1: Yeah. That, I mean That, 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 is, that is certainly... A, now, are we counting... Okay, since we're counting Royal as a separate game. Mm-hmm. Then... I Well, I was going to say, do remakes count? Because I did buy Super Mario RPG. But I don't... I never owned it when I was a kid. Remakes count. I, remakes do count. Okay, so I never owned it when I was a kid. I played it on an emulator start to finish in the 2000s. I think this might be the first time I've actually bought Super Mario RPG.
0: Okay. Anyway. I remember when I was a kid, I, I rented Super Mario RPG a couple of times and did like marathon weekends of playing it all the way through. Did I did I tell you the story
1: about how I would get it from Blockbuster and mark the case? Like I would I would get a like a Sharpie and put a secret mark on the case?
0: That's very that's that's very funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, well because you know this it was a Super Nintendo game, so it's not like the your save game was on a memory card. Right, it was on the cartridge. You, yeah. It was on the cartridge, so I had to get the the same cartridge to continue my game. Yeah. which means I would rent it on a Friday, take it back on Sunday with the secret mark. Anyway, none of that is what my recommendation is. Um I like Persona 5 so much that I'm playing a goddamn tactics game now. I am playing Persona 5 Tactica. Okay. Uh, which I I cannot vouch for the the gameplay of it because I do not play tactics games. I am not a stupid man, Matt. No, you're not. You're not. There we go. There was. Please I, leave in every second of that pause
0: while I waited for you to say it. I was. Not, I didn't know you needed my confirmation. I apologize, but then I I offered it to you.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. I can I I console you, Matt. Whenever I think you might need it,
0: and you are not a stupid man by any
1: stretch. Thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, but my brain does not function along the lines of tactics games. Like it, like whatever the whatever gene you have that makes you like uh uh Disgaea, I do not have. Uh-huh. Uh I have even like even games like uh Wargroove or like Ad- Advance Wars stuff like that like I like the aesthetics of them but I'm no good at it which is weird because I'm like pretty good at like you know combat in D&D as far as like positioning goes um so I can't vouch for the gameplay uh I do quite like the aesthetic which is uh, all of the designs uh from Persona 5 kind of translated into uh, if you know what uh, like uh, Penny and Stocking looks like, the anime, like it, it's very kind of similar to that. I really like that level of it, and I like the the fact that it's all it's at least the first bit is very French Revolution coded. <laughs> it's very fun, so yeah. uh, I'm enjoying it so far. But it is it. it, it I am worried that there. Is, I am going to hit a point where I cannot progress further into this game because it's just not what I am good at.
0: Uh, stick with it. I do. I think you sell yourself short, Chris, and that's why you don't like those hard games that I like, and why you are like I may quit this. Like, if you just stick with it, you you are you are good at video games. You will get it you will get there. Matt, it's it's it's
1: th- th- thank you for making up for your uh your lack of support earlier. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll <change your> <laughs> but like it's not that I haven't tried with these games before. It's it's that I get to a point where I simply cannot win because winning requires a kind of thinking I do not do. Uh but yeah, I'm excited. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll keep you all updated on whether or not I continue uh and finish Persona 5 Tactica. Okay. Uh Matt,
0: what would you like to recommend this week? Uh what I would say brought me joy when I watched it is uh the new Doctor Who special called The Star Beast. I mean, now, that was fun. By, the, by the time this episode goes up, there's a second one. That I haven't watched yet. I've only watched the first one, um, and I'll say this: I fell off of Doctor Who. You know the the the, the Doctor Who series that started in two thousand five. I fell off of that sometime during the Matt Smith Doctor, <laughs> right? Like I don't think I finished that. I definitely didn't watch uh, the the. Either of the Doctors after that. Um, But because this is on Disney+, and because it's David Tennant coming back, not as the 10th Doctor again, he is the 14th Doctor, but he has the same face as the 10th Doctor. Um, I was like, yeah, I'll give it a try. Let's see what this is. Right? I knew some stuff about it before I started. And I kind of knew this detail. But... When the credit came up in the episode that said "based on a story by Pat Mills and Dave Gibbons," I hooted.
1: I did the same thing because AC wanted to watch it because uh, she has always been more into Doctor Who than than me. And, that came up, yeah. and I and I was
0: like, I was like, "Hey,
1: Pat Mills and Dave Gibbons."
0: And AC was like, yeah. "Who's Pat Mills?" Yeah, same thing happened. I was like, I like hooted like Pat Mills, Dave Gibbons, and Marlene was like. Are you is that a serious? Are you being serious? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, the, the those are comics, guys. And this story is based on a comic that was in Doctor Who magazine. And if you know that and you know anything about Pat Mills and Dave Gibbons, you can see the twist in the story coming from so far away. The it's- second. The second <laughs> I I went.
1: That's 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 a monster. Yep, that's, a, that's the a, monster.
0: Uh, oh, I know I know what's happening here. I've read enough 2000 AD stories to know exactly what this is going to be.
1: Oh, this is a Pat Mill story.
0: I I okay, we got it. Nonetheless, I thought this special was an absolute hoot. I love Donna Noble being so ride or die. For her trans daughter. Mm -hmm. Uh, That element. Like Donna Noble. Might be my favorite Doctor Who companion. Ever. Like she's. Incredibly great. And making her like. Have a trans daughter. And be so absolutely. I will defend my trans daughter to the death. Is just like. Give it to them. Give it to those people on Turf Island. Uh, Russell T. Davies and Pat Mills and Dave Gibbons, uh, even though I don't Tate. know... And Catherine Tate. I don't know if you had anything to do with that story, that part of the story, Pat Mills and Dave Gibbons, but nonetheless. Um, but like, the story is good. There's a few moments where it's like, a little too cute. Like, a little, maybe a, t- a tad too clever. I think you'll know it when it happens. Uh, But That's Doctor Who. like That's what Doctor Who is. You just kind of have to expect that. Uh, But all in all, I thought it was a really good special. And it made me want to go back and watch the Doctor Who I didn't watch. Uh, So listeners, tell me if any of that Doctor Who that I never saw is worth going back and catching up on. This is very kind of new viewer friendly in many, many ways. Uh, but I, but I, I do feel kind of bad uh, f- for missing the Jodie Whittaker seasons to a degree because I'm sure she was good. I just I it wasn't any of the actors that made me fall off. It was the writing got kind of way overcomplicated and. The show came, beca- the show became really focused on itself. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I kind of just got sick of it. But um, if there are like specific episodes from those seasons that I should go back and watch, let me know because I kind of have an interest in like going back and catching up on some Doctor Who now. Anyway, that's my joy. The uh, the first of the Doctor Who specials on Disney Plus. I I'm gonna watch the second one. Uh because I, I enjoyed the first one quite a bit. With that, Chris, it's time to talk about some comics. What do you say? Let's do it. Uh so Chris, you told me that X-Men Blue Origins number one is the winner of a Texture's Choice Award this week.
1: Yeah, it's not the winner of the official Texture's Choice because you and I did not discuss it. But did I not. did get a text message, and I got a text message. On Thursday at about nine forty five <laughs> uh from friend of the show friend of of me listener of the show uh kev Moroni saying, "Hey, if you haven't already, you should read uh x men Blue Origins because it is the comic i've been waiting for for thirty plus years uh and then after I read it the following day uh I did uh text him back you've been waiting since 1993 for mystique to be nightcrawler's father and he said yes legit legit that is the that is the origin rewrite canon in this one uh mm-hmm. that no longer must we live under the tyranny of chuck austin <laughs> <laughs> azazel is not uh is it is no longer uh Nightcrawler's father. It is revealed in this issue that that is part of that is part of a deception on the part of Mystique, and that Mystique, as uh someone who is able to control her body down to the genetic level, was made a baby with destiny.
0: Uh so okay. so I I was gonna say did Mystique asexually reproduce?
1: No, it's it, uh, okay. Kurt Wagner is hers in destinies. Okay, which I read it and it's like I had a moment of reading it where I was like, yeah, like wasn't you know, like yeah, wasn't that what it always was? <laughs> like because it's it's one of those things that like like yeah, of course that's what it is, right? But but now it is now it is official canon. Uh and there's a there's a, a moment where Mystique is like where where Mystique is like, yeah, it was it was me and destiny. And Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler, like he hasn't been around, is like, but hang on, you're both ladies. <laughs> And that is the one part of the story that like I didn't like, but Nightcrawler is being told this story so he is the audience stand-in, so I get it. Uh but it is it is very much like like Nightcrawler, that would not be the most surprising thing that has happened to you this week. Probably true. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh yeah, I, I, I this is by this is written by Cy Spurrier with art by Wilton Santos and Marcus Toe, by the way. Yeah.
1: Uh so yeah, like that was that was a, uh, like fun thing to have in there. A thing that I know everybody, like, like I, I feel like that's something that we've all as fans agreed on. Like, like I feel like, like yeah, like Nightcrawler's mom is Mystique and Nightcrawler's mom is Destiny, right? Like that's that's how it works. Uh. So again, it's one of those things that like like yes, of course this should be canon. So I, it was uh, nice to nice to see.
0: Nice to get. How long know. How long has Nightcrawler had this Miles Morales costume?
1: Uh Nightcrawler has is pretending to be Spider-Man to be a third Spider-Man uh currently after the events of uh of Professor X telling all the mutants to leave Earth.
0: Okay, okay. Nobody's like Spider-Man got a tail now. That's wild.
1: Yeah, well, you know, there used to be one of them. Now there's now there's two of them. For a while, he, for a while, he had blonde hair. More Morning coffee shop. That's true. And that that was my brother. That was my brother Ben.
2: I love Let's be Spider-Man see. again. Woo! It's good to be Spider-Man.
1: We 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 love Ben. We love Peter coming back
0: and immediately we love hearing that Ben Reilly died. Yep, it's the best. Uh, next up, I want to briefly talk about Batman: Brave and the Bold number seven. Uh, it is an anthology issue. Um, it's got quite a few stories in it, um, and they're all pretty good. Like uh, you know, there's a Aquaman story that's uh, pretty good. There's a Gillum March Batman story that is weird. I believe that is Guillaume. Guillaume. Okay. Uh March uh anyway, it's it's about like a imposter Batman. Uh who it, it's weird, uh but not bad. Um like all the stories in here are pretty good. But the one I really, really have to talk about is uh Kyle Starks' story about Wild Dog. Because you know I gotta talk about Kyle Stark's wild wild dog story? Mm-hmm. It fucking rules. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Cause it is about Wild Dog uh taking on like a cabal of like really uh well organized, well armored, well equipped uh criminals who fight him using what look like hair dryers. Okay. And also, um, you know how he wears the mascot of State, Wild Dog? Yes, like, Matt. He's He's got the shirt that has the, the State mascot on it. Uh, well, State is like, you can't wear that anymore. <laughs> so...
1: <laughs> what, are, what are they going to do? They, they sell it. They sell those jerseys
0: he's just wearing something you can buy at the store he 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 has been he gets served with papers uh but I, this is part of an ongoing story there's going to be more to it uh but it so far it's super fun and i'm i'm having a bl- i'm going to keep picking up this book just to read the wild dog story as it progresses uh so if that if you are also as much of a fan of Kyle and specifically uh his previous work with Wild Dog like I am, uh this is Kyle and Fernando uh Passarin on this. Uh then the the Wild Dog story alone is worth picking up Batman Brave of the Bold. Uh so very, very fun. Uh finally, Chris, you wanted to talk about Spider-Man Gang War. Sorry. Gang war.
1: Yeah, uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was I want, if, if anyone out there knows, if anyone would like to contribute to the War Rocket Ajax wiki, what things we say in a voice. Because there's there's uh, Spider-Man, gang war. Uh, and there's also, I know there's the, the Justice League villain, Mr. Graves. And I know there's mm. another one, and I can't think of it. There's there's something that we oh it's The Witcher, the The, the Witcher is one of them, yeah. <laughs> so if there are others, please remind us, because those are it is very fun for me to talk about things using that particular voice. In this case, that thing to talk about is Spider Man Gang War, which I I I like a big. I like a big gang war storyline in superhero comics. They're not always good. They're some they I would say more frequently bad than good. Uh I think Legendarily War Games was uh was a pretty bad one. Uh, war of Jokes and Riddles. The War of, J- war of Jokes and Riddles is like less of a gang war and more of a tone poem.
0: Well, it was it was a gang war that all happened off panel. I, it all happened off panel, and was only like two guys. It was so weird. It was so weird. I'm sorry. Continue.
1: Yeah, no, like we Matt, we can talk about that one right now if you want to.
0: No, please continue.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I I like a story where you see all of the the super villains that are kind of like involved in in low-rent, non-super crime. I think that's fun. And for me, the most fun thing about this was when uh, you open it up and you get that map of Manhattan and you see whose uh, territories there are. And you've got, like, you know, The Rose, uh, Madame Mask, Hammerhead, Mr. Negative, uh, the Crime Master. But you also find out that, like, Way, way over, uh past past like, I guess, I guess in Queens, the enforcers are in charge. the enforcers who are specifically not crime bosses, they are the guys hired by crime bosses,
0: yeah, that might actually be part of Long Island all the way out there,
1: oh, uh, oh. Uh. I'd Lo- love to see the Enforcers making good though. Uh but no, this yeah. particular issue uh was very, very fun. Slide is in it, which is nice. Uh I like that we're like keeping him with the continuity of you know, Wilson Fisk outlawing superheroes in New York City and that not just going away because Wilson Fisk is no longer mayor. I, I like it when stuff follows like a logical progression. I like shared superhero universes, so uh so yeah. Lots of of fun stuff in this. Uh, I did take a quick look through some of their tie-ins, and they didn't grab me as much as this one did. And as much as I'm assuming that uh, the storyline in Amazing Spider-Man itself will, but I will uh, I'll give them uh, another chance as uh, as it progresses because I do like to read a
0: whole story. All right, Chris. Those are our comics reviews, which means it's time for us to take some listener questions. Let's do it. Our first question comes to us from Brian D., who sent this to us by email, who says, As any teen in the 90s, I was a Venom fan, but as an adult, not so much. How do you feel about the change from OG Venom as Spider-Man's evil double that doesn't trigger his spider sense to gooey tentacles man that make and do anything? I think that's when I checked out with Lethal Protector. I mean, Matt, I know how you feel. Yeah, I mean, my feeling about Venom generally is that he just doesn't fit. Like, as much as there have been huge efforts to make Venom fit in Spider-Man, Venom and all Venom-related characters are the outliers within Spider-Man. Are you like are you including carnage? Including carnage in the outliers with venom? Yeah, like are you saying carnage doesn't fit? Uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, a- I am. I mean like Spider-Man villains, not to say they're not I mean they they are murderers. <laughs> but there's like uh, yeah. a sa- there's a sadism and violence and grossness to venom and carnage and the other symbiotes. That aren't part of other Spider-Man villains.
1: Okay, so it, that that is the element that doesn't fit to you.
0: Yeah, he eats people.
1: <laughs> he eats like, people's brains. Yes, he yeah. does. Like that is that is full Marvel continuity. Of Venom eats people's brains. Yeah,
0: and then Carnage so, is a step beyond that. Like Carnage should be in a different comic. Spider-Man's villains, to me, to my, to my taste, should not be that unsalvageable and remorseless, and all of that. That's that's what's always struck me as wrong about those characters. So, like, what in what Spider-Man is the, comics? What's the qualitative difference
1: between that and a Norman Osborn? For you.
0: I think there's always been, at least in the good Norman stories, some notion that Norman can be... That one, Norman has been... His his mind has been altered by the goblin serum, right? So there's some sense that he can be saved. And that there's a good person underneath there, which is what's being explored in the Norman story in Spider-Man right now. You know, Um, there's, there's no coming back for certainly carnage. Like he's, he's unsalvageable as a human being. It's interesting that that is what, that that's
1: like the sticking point for you. Because I mean, I like I know you. You're not like a a a Venom guy. Like I knew yeah. that much, uh, but I don't think we've ever talked about why. And so, like th- having it be <laughs> that they that they don't fit in morally is it, it's for, like it's not what I expected. Like I don't know why I thought you didn't like Venom, but that's not what I thought it was.
0: I don't know that it, if it's uh morally I guess morally is is one way of putting it tonally is totally, another yeah. way of putting it. it. like I don't think they fit the tone of Spider-Man comics generally. Like as I said, Spider-Man villains are murderers, but it's kind of not always the first thing about them and they're not like unrepentant murderers. They're murderers because they have some goal that they want to achieve that's not just killing people. And Venom and Carnage are just about, I want to kill everybody in front of me.
1: Well, Carnage
0: is. But Venom is a lethal protector. When Venom becomes an antihero, it's a little bit different. But I still don't – like, I never bought it. I never bought that. You know what I mean?
1: I Uh, actually, like, I think Venom is, like, a really interesting... Maybe, like... Not always presented as this, but I think the idea behind Venom as... Basically, Spider-Man's jilted ex-alien goo. And someone who is... Weirdly religious and prayed to God for revenge on peter parker <laughs> like I think there's something very interesting in that dynamic
0: yeah i uh, i think I think there's elements to that that could work i i love I actually love the idea of a villain who doesn't set off spider man's spider sense like that's maybe the smartest thing about venom. Because it used to be Peter's costume, right? But there's so much edgy '90s slathered all over it that it doesn't work for me as a package.
2: Yeah,
1: I, 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 I don't know. Like, I, like Venom's not my favorite Spider-Man villain. Like, Venom's very much more of a character that, like, I don't mind than a character that I'm usually excited to see, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know if I can really be the one who's out here in the, in these streets defending venom, but, uh, be yeah, like, I, I, I I don't know. Like, I, I do think there is something to the idea of a, a, a thing that is alien, and kind of leans towards evil, but that learns what to do from Spider-Man, because I feel like that that then becomes like the Venom symbiote by itself. And I'm not really up on on my Clintar symbiote lore, but I like the idea that there was this thing that had all this potential in it. But what it learned to do was like climb walls, spin webs uh you know like all the spider man stuff, and so it so Peter is responsible for what this thing does now uh like I think that's a like i think there's a lot of cool ideas in venom, which I think is possibly why people are drawn to it, but I feel like there's also like you know, he got big teeth
0: he got yeah teeth. i uh, perhaps uh, this is me being uncharitable. I feel like all the good ideas in Venom, which I don't think you're wrong to say the fact, I think the most interesting stuff about Venom is how much of him being Venom comes from Peter. Right? Like yeah. so many elements of Venom. C- yeah. Cause he does shoot webs and he climbs walls and all of that kind of stuff. Like that's interesting he is he is a perversion of spider man. The problem is I don't think that's what interests people. I think what interests people is he's cool he eats brains big teeth, big tongue that stuff, and like all of that stuff is totally i don't know it's too much it's it's not, it's edge lord shit to me, and it's always been edge lord shit to me. I mean, look, I can't say it's not, but but I
1: think I I think there are I think there are probably good dumb venom stories and good smart venom stories. Yes, yes.
0: That that neither of us has read. <laughs> I mean, I've read some venom stories that I don't hate, but I. I just, of all spider man's villains, like I said he just doesn't fit he doesn't all of other spider man's other villains are colorful and goofy and there's like a sense of humor about them, and that's that's not what venom is
1: i I do think we have a preferred kind of spider man villain, but i don't necessarily like. We are famously both fans of a story where a spider man villain eats a brain and also the rest of a boy yeah 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 that's true so i don't know like i i i don't i i don't know i' I'm not saying you're wrong about how you feel <laughs> but i do think like i do think there is something i i i I do think there is something more either more or less
0: to it that is well, that is turning you off of them. What's important about that story where that villain does that thing that no one should do is that that is his point he eats a boy. He, that is his point of no return. That is the moment when he loses his humanity completely and that's why it's played for so such big drama, right? Because the, liver, li- the lizard has never been that inhuman before. And that's why it works.
2: You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah,
1: I I I'm, I'm with you. So with you Venom, think if- that's a regular Tuesday, you don't think it would be as bad if if Kurt Connors had eaten an adult man,
0: um, I don't think it it wouldn't have had the pathos because let's not forget that it wasn't just a boy; it was his boy. It was his boy.
1: Yeah, but I think we I think we can say don't eat any boy. Don't eat any well, I think boy. Or to be or- fair, we can say don't eat any man. Don't eat any person. Don't eat any. Don't eat any human person.
0: Yeah. But it's especially bad because he's eating a boy, and it's his boy. So if 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 <laughs> so, if any rock had a son,
1: right? And he ate that boy's brain. You would like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matt, you're confusing me. I think we should just move on. Okay, let's move
0: on. I, I can't uh, figure out where you stand on this our next question comes to us from Ted Lee on our discord. I believe that's Ted Anderson. Yeah, it is. It is indeed. Which superhero snack? We know that Batman carries glucose tablets from no man's land, but I feel like he also might have some trail mix in one of those utility belt pouches. Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four obviously get a pretzel or a hot dog anytime they're walking, swinging, or flying around New York City. What other heroes either carry food or get street food, whether for themselves or to hand out to the hungry? I think it would be here to, to figure out who doesn't. Because you know
1: Superman does. Wonder Woman has been seen eating ice cream in a comic that I did not care for, but it is, it is
0: canon. Perhaps the best thing about Todd McFarlane's run on Spider-Man—I've already made clear what I don't like about Todd McFarlane's run on Spider-Man—but <laughs> the best thing about Todd McFarlane's run on Spider-Man is that he would show Peter like hanging upside down and eating a donut at every opportunity, and like the fact that Peter just hangs around and snacks between stopping crimes. Ah, I love it. I love one of my
1: it. favorite, one of my favorite bits in uh, Chips Run, is in that like really good like documentary issue, where that guy with the hot dog cart, Spider Man saves his life, and then the guy's like, y- "You can have free hot dogs for life," and so Spider Man goes to that hot dog cart every day, <laughs> <laughs> because he can have a free hot dog. Like yes. that is that's the most Spider Man thing there is. Every day, like like wealth and fame is ignored but you
0: got to eat so i would have okay so we think that superman snacks super i mean superman famously eats i mean there,
1: there's a series coming out right now about how much superman loves japanese food that's true that's true but i think like yeah superman absolutely like you know he he, he is a man of the people he's going to going to you know grab a burger or something He's gonna he's gonna buy somebody lunch. He he you know he has uh, Silver Age Superman had the pocket in his cape where he kept his wallet. Mm-hmm. I, I physiologically does he need to eat? No, physiologically his body is a fusion reactor. good <laughs> yeah. solar power. Like that's also this is also actual Detective Comics comics uh, Silver Age canon that may have been you'd have to ask John Byrne if he changed this in the eighties and I guess you'd have to ask Grant Morrison and Jeff Johns, if they changed it back in the new 52, but Superman doesn't shit or pee. (laughs) (laughs) Cause his body canonically, this is in comics. If you read enough of them, you can find it. His body canonically is 100% efficient at producing energy. So there is no waste.
0: So if he eats a burger,
1: it just becomes all energy. That burger entirely becomes energy. Yes. Okay. And of course he has like, you know, super digestion, so there's like he can eat rocks and shit if he wants to. Like like right. when all the kryptonite
0: goes away, he eats that rock. He does. <laughs> yeah. He does do that. Okay. The Flash has to snack. The Flash used
1: to have to snack. Wally used to have to snack. Yeah, Uh, But doesn't have to once he was uh, fully powered by the Speed Force. But I think still does. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I guess the question is who doesn't. Because it seems like most every superhero that's vaguely human would probably eat. uh, Yeah, but we're not not talking about eating, we're
2: talking
1: about
0: snacking on the job. Yeah, yeah, but they, you know, like, it's that kind of thing where it's like, you're probably, you're working all day. So obviously, you're just going to grab a bite when you can.
1: Yeah. Uh, We know know from, we know from Spider-Man, from Sony's Marvel Spider-Man 2018 for the PlayStation 4, Remastered for the PlayStation 5 and the Valve Corporation Steam Deck. Uh, we know from those that Black Cat uh, snacks while she's on her stakeouts. Yeah. Because when you find Which her stakeouts,
0: nice? she's got, like, coffee cups and, and stuff there. I feel like the only ones that wouldn't would be, like, Aliens. Like, like Silver Surfer but, wouldn't. What, or should Manhunter eats Oreos? That's true. That's true. Maybe it's only ones, only ones that don't need to eat. No, no, because Spider Man needs to eat. No, no, no. I'm saying the ones who don't snack well, the ones that, are the ones, the ones, who, ones who don't.
1: don't, need don't to eat. The ones who don't eat. Period. Yeah, but like Wonder Woman doesn't need to eat because Wonder Woman's made of clay. Well, Sp- uh, Superman doesn't need to eat. Superman doesn't yet, need to eat. Like... Yeah, but Superman grew up eating. Superman has a favorite food.
0: Beef okay. Okay. So, which superhero would not snack on the job?
1: My initial and, thought is Hal Jordan, but I don't think that's right. I just think snack. he'd be weird about it. He would snack because he was in the military. So, so you think thinking he's like, I better have this candy bar because, uh, you know, I might get called off to space. You don't know when you're getting your next one?
0: Yeah. Yeah. He'd be like, I got I it. I I gotta pull out my MRE.
1: He's a space cop, so he's eating donuts. Oh, boy, oh boy,
0: boy, oh boy.
1: Like maybe Silver Surfer. I mean, Silver I Surfer glad. probably. Would that's what there. I say about that. Um, sorry, Silver <laughs> Surfer. Silver Surfer doesn't yeah. snack. That's that. Yeah. That's a definite no. He does not snack, which is weird because his boss snacks all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thor. I feel like we've seen Thor eat snack on the job before. Yeah.
1: But okay, you said a military guy. I don't feel like Cap eats on the job. Hmm. Cause remember, he did that when he was on meth. He did. <laughs> So I think like normal calf is too is like it's it's a discipline thing for him. Like he gets up, he eats his breakfast. You know, like Captain, like Steve Rogers will eat, but Captain America's not going to. eat. If you see Captain America, he's not getting a getting a sandwich.
0: I tell you, who, I'll tell you who's not snacking. Tony St- Iron Man slash Tony Stark. Iron Man. Iron Man is getting some kind of. Nutrient injection from his suit.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say like like a like he's getting like the like the meal replacement like the the soylent.
0: Yeah, like that he, it's coming. It's coming from his suit, nourishing his body. And then when he's not in the suit, he's only eating at predetermined meal times in pre-prepared meals, where he's eating those like blue cubes that only rich people have. Do you think he's got like a thing
1: where he's like, 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 yeah? If I eat one of these, that's like my nutrients for the whole day, and then I can then, then I don't need to eat. Like he, he views eating as like an inefficient thing. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't enjoy it. He it's purely fuel. I buy that. For I, 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 I definitely buy that. Yeah,
0: he get he has no enjoyment out of food and thinks that people that do enjoy food are weird.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like why would you waste your time and money?
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like why would you put garbage into your body just cuz it tastes good? Now, do you think that is
1: do you think that's uh like his whole life thing or do you think that's like no, a post recovery thing? Where yeah, he was like having too much like having too much of this thing that i liked was bad for me yeah. so now i'm going to go think-
0: like the opposite direction it it's exactly that yeah okay all right i think of all if anybody tony is number 1 on the not snacking on the job thing cuz he's got the suit
2: to do that for him and he
1: doesn't need it I think we, I think we landed on at least who doesn't, at least who doesn't. Yeah, I think like everybody else probably like you know,
0: like is is, is having something. I always think about. I forget where I even heard this, but I remember. Oh, was it here? Was it this man doesn't shit? Because that was for me like a few minutes ago. <laughs> no, I remember where I heard that. I I feel like I got the most behind like behind the curtain into rich people's real lives that I've ever gotten. Uh it was a Paul F. Tompkins appearance on Conan years ago. Where he was talking about being on set of the movie The Informant. Right? Yeah, and he's talking about Matt Damon. He's talking about Matt Damon. And he, he talks about it being time for lunch. And Paul Tompkins was like, oh, I guess I'm gonna to go to craft services and get a sandwich or whatever. But Matt Damon gets brought out a bowl of blue gelatinous cubes. And it's just like that's that's what rich people really eat.
1: But that was a thing of him like coming off of like steroids, right? Like that was a thing of him no longer having to be in Jason Bourne shape, I thought. I think that's an excuse. So, you think I it's think just like when your bank account hits a certain number, Blue Apron starts sending you the, the, the cubes, the true
0: cubes. There's after you are a certain amount of rich and a certain amount of famous, someone comes to you and says, Hey, did you know you don't need actual food? You can look really young for a really long time and live for a really long time. And not have to worry about your health ever again if you just eat these gelatinous cubes in blue liquid. But you can't and eat anything else. You can't eat anything else and keep it quiet.
2: And who the only th- time it ever got through
0: was in that Paul F. Tompkins interview.
1: <laughs> who do you think is like do you think it's like Monsanto? Who do you think who do you think is responsible
0: for this, Matt? I don't have all the answers, Chris. But I've thought about – I've literally thought about that story about the gelatinous cubes that Matt Damon ate every day since I heard it. Because I'm just simply convinced that the super rich do not eat like the rest of us. And I don't just mean they eat better food. I mean they eat entirely different food that we don't even know about.
1: Yeah, like I I don't think you're wrong.
0: Yeah. Okay. Here's our next question. Uh, it is from uh, Margot, not Kitty Pride, who asks Wrong answers only. What's under Judge Dredd's helmet? A second smaller helmet. Very funny. Uh, I'll say Sylvester Stallone's face. <laughs> A much wronger answer. <laughs> Uh, here's a question from the true elect on our Discord: Can Goku read? Now, Chris, this is a question you asked yes. some time ago. What, is, what are your thoughts on whether Goku can read?
2: Absolutely not. Okay,
1: can he not read at all? I think. I think he, he. I think. Okay. I don't think anyone taught Goku to read as a child.
0: Well, the truth of it is, we've seen Goku as a child through much of his childhood, in which he was never in any kind of school. No, he is raised by his grandpa, essentially in
1: the woods. Yeah. He might have been, like, programmed to read. By the you know the pod that he was sent to Earth in, but he lost all those memories when he got bonked on the head. Uh, th- the rare instance of a bonk on the head turning someone into a good person. Uh, so I don't think Grandpa taught him how to read. Grandpa didn't strike me as a bit as owning a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Grandpa Gohan? Grandpa uh, Gohan. So I think like someone did point out that in the tournament of power, there is a like written test that the contestants have to pass in order to compete. And Goku gets a, I think a 30, which is like just over the minimum threshold to be, uh, to, to be viable. So I think at this point in his life, as a as a grandfather who stopped aging when he was like, let's see, when he was, like, Goku hasn't aged since he first died, right? Because right. A, he was dead for seven years, uh, and according to the Dragon Ball wiki, he was 33 when he died,
0: like Jesus. Goku is fighting Jesus, yeah.
1: We always get like oh is Superman a Christ figure is Superman a Moses figure where's the discussion on Goku folks Where's that It's it's got to be out there it's out there it's it's out there somewhere At this point I think Chi-Chi like in the in the time in in the intervening 5 years between the end of Dragon Ball and the start of Dragon Ball Z so between the 23rd World Tournament and the arrival of the Saiyans on Earth I think when Chi-Chi's teaching Gohan how to read, she's also teaching Goku how to read. So I think right, that's about the level that Goku is on.
0: Here's my question. Yes. Goku's gi yes. has had several different kanji on it over the years. Yes. Do you think he knows what those kanji mean? He
1: He does know what those mean. And I know that he knows what those mean, because uh, the first one, of course, is the, is the turtle. Yeah, uh, It's the character for Turtle, because right. that's Master Roshi. Then he gets King Kai's uh, character, which is Kaio, uh, on his back. But then after he dies and comes back, because he's been doing so much training on his own, he no longer has his master's symbol on his gi. He has Go on the front and the back. So that's the that's the one that looks like an arrow next to a thing. So uh-huh. he can write his own name. So we know that. So I think I think the I think the actual answer is yes, Goku can read, but not well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, here's the other thing. Uh in Dragon ba- in in the Dragon Ball Super uh movie, which I sent you a clip from because Gohan does a brain buster. Like truly sure
0: does a a sheer drop rainbuster on a bad guy. The animation oh. I haven't seen a lot of recent Dragon Ball animation. The animation in that wigged me out. It's 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 done in in Unreal. It looked like a clip from Dragon Ball Fighters, the video game. Yeah, because it like it literally.
1: If you watch the credits, it's it's done in Unreal. Yeah. The Unreal Engine. Wild. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things in, in that is that, you know, Gohan, when he grows up, he becomes a scholar. He stops fighting. And he goes, and is, uh an entomologist who's very excited about ants.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Gohan wears glasses. And I was joking about how it's very funny that, like, Gohan has this affectation of wearing glasses. But no, after he, like, when he gets mad and starts fighting and takes them off, when he turns back into, when he stops being, like, a Super Saiyan, he can't see. So, because he did so
2: much reading, he now has to wear glasses?
1: Okay. So that's a a Saiyan weakness for any uh, would-be galactic conquerors out there too much she reading didn't to read for 10 years.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Here's another question, uh, sent to us by email from, uh, Bob Cairns who says, I never read much fantastic four. So this year I decided to start and have been reading an issue a day. It's been fab because of this, I started following the FF read Richards, Dr. Doom, et tags on Tumblr this leads me to my question. Why do people, and it is so many people, want Reed Richards and Dr. Doom to fuck?
1: Matt, you you once said that what I am about to say was one of the most cutting responses you could give to anyone. And so I, want, I, know exactly, I know exactly what you're going to say. I want to assure you that I don't mean this in a mean way, but just in a like in a very, I. This is a genuine question. Are you new? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been on the internet for any length of time at all? Because this is not. I mean, it might surprise you to learn that this is not a phenomenon that is unique to Reed
0: Richardson, Victor Von Doom. I do think someplace. it is I do think it is interesting though. The dynamics of heroes and villains where people do want them to fuck and the dynamics of heroes and villains where it's not that people don't want them to, but it's not as prevalent. Like I don't look like, I haven't gone looking so I don't really know. But I don't get the sense that people want say Peter Parker and Norman Osborn to fuck. I guarantee you're wrong. I know people I guarantee do. Guarantee it. But is is it as prevalent as Reed Richards and Doctor Doom? I don't think so. I'm just hopping on Ao3 real quick. Okay, Peter. I do think Parker, it is a. I, I think it is a. The more passionate, the hatred the more likely it is for a fan base to want that passion to turn into romantic love.
1: Only 63 works in Norman Osborn slash Peter Parker. I see, I knew it. I knew it. Now, Green Goblin slash Spider-Man.
2: Oh, okay. (laughs) We'll
1: see. We'll see. Also, it's... Oh, I think I think they're all they're all the same. They're all they all go to the same place. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's because it's because there is an intense relationship there. People love enemies to lover stories. I love enemies to lover stories, and also they were like college best
0: friends. Right. they I just give my microphone roughly, a look that you can guess. Them roughly being the same age helps too. I mean. With Peter and Norman, Norman is Peter's best friend's dad. I bet there's probably more Peter and Harry slash Vic.
1: All right. Let's see. Peter, Parker. Harry, Osborn. <laughs> Search results, 5,052. Yeah, boy, I do it. <laughs> you go to that tag specifically. It's, it's, uh, uh, there's 1797 on, yeah, uh, on AO3. Yeah. And that, I think that, buddy, that's down to, that's down to, to the Sam Raimi movies. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. But like, I watched Spider Man uh, Two the other day just because I was in the mood to watch Spider Man Two. You know, sometimes the mood mm-hmm. strikes. Sometimes it does. And like you're, you're gonna watch that scene where uh, Harry's drunk and like literally slaps Peter across the face and tell me there's not a little sexual tension in that?
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't man. think so, bud. I mean, Marvel Sony Spider Man Two also, I think, would throw a little gas on that fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Here's the thing. I think what it boils down to is how much of a character is defined by their hatred of their enemy, right? Dr. Doom, so much of him is defined by his hatred of Reed. Yeah, like like virtually all of him. Yeah. By that same token, I bet there's a lot of Lex Luthor Superman stuff out there. Probably, yeah. Oh, post-Smallville? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't don't even need to look it up. And I think that is the the element. How strong is the hatred that could turn into a passionate love? How strong is the hatred? How green is my goblin? There you are. There you are. So I do, again, Bob. We, I, it's it's not something that's inherent to Reed and Doctor Doom, but I think that particular relationship is so prevalent because of how tied up at each other those characters are.
1: Yeah. Also, so, one of them, uh, one of them is mad because his beautiful face was rendered imperfect, and the other one can stretch a lot.
0: Yeah, a lot of people on Tumblr have read a lot of manga. That would definitely have taken that story in a different direction.
1: Yeah. Also, also, you're reading all the Fantastic Four comics, and you're up to what, like three thirty at this point? Like you, you're you're getting pretty high up there. You gonna tell me you don't think Doctor Doom wants to fuck Reed Richards just a little bit?
0: <laughs> Still, just, just a little bit, just a little just, bit.
1: You don't think that. You,
2: you sure about that? <laughs> I think there's <laughs> anything in there?
0: Greg Silver dot says, I just saw Godzilla minus one and I was blown away. What are y'all's favorite Godzillas?
1: I'm not really a Godzilla guy, but I I do really like uh the like the the, the monarch verse. Yeah. Uh, the Godzilla vs Kong, like, and the uh, the Godzilla movies that go with that, like the like that was, good. I like that a lot actually. Yeah. Um, uh, I like I, that, really like that first one when I I I wrote about it in my Letterboxd review. One of my favorite things is when people in movies react to things in the same way I would, uh, and I d- enjoy that cut to Bradley Whitford in a helicopter watching Godzilla just screaming. And shooting radioactive fire into the air after he fucks up a bunch of monsters and just going, Jesus.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> the good stuff. Uh, I would really like to see Godzilla minus one. I I enjoyed Shin Godzilla a lot. So uh Shin Godzilla might be my favorite version of Godzilla that I've seen in a thing. So uh I I'm very excited for uh godzilla minus one uh even though i is godzilla minus one a direct sequel to Shin godzilla or not i'm not i i, I don't, don't know about godzilla minus one so it is a, a kind of a prequel i i, I think assume. it's set in the forties so i'm i'm interested to see it. Uh certainly. Uh all right, here's another question from our Discord from David L. Cobra Commander, faceplate or hood? I I like them both. I, I think I prefer
1: the, the hood. Uh because I think that's just like a, a cool
0: look, but I d do, I don't I don't hate the helmet. I think I am partial to the faceplate because it covers his whole face. While the hood has eye holes, but I also think the hood is a really cool look. I like I I don't dislike either one. I like them both. He wears just that like hood you. when he kicks that dog. He sure does. Is there an in story reason as to why it changes or does it just change?
1: The helmet is referred to very early on in the comic as like that's his battle helmet. Uh-huh. Uh I I I believe the helmet because the comic and the toys predate the cartoon, so I think he was originally designed with the hood, and I don't know if the hood was like a little, like a little, a little too clan for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which you know, legit, <laughs> legit concern uh, when you're making your cartoon for children. So, like, Helmet Cover Commander is definitely like an animated, like a cartoon thing. Right. Uh, but like it, it just depends. Like you know, like the fake Cobra Commander wears the helmet, uh, and also the robot suit. But the real Cobra Commander also wore the helmet in the comic. So
0: yeah, I hmm. I guess if you want to kind of like no prize it, the helmet is for the field and. The hood is more of a formal dress. The the hood, the hood's light; it breathes. It's for it's for
1: around the house,
0: yeah, or for or for ceremonial events. You know, they're like mili- there's like military formal dress and military field dress. Uh, I I, I can buy that explanation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Brad the Renegade Dope Dog wants to know: Should I be worried about how my daughter is getting into crafts and DIY stuff if she's doing it because she's mirroring the behavior she sees in YouTube videos, right down to the diction, cadence, and rhetorical flourishes? Just monitor those YouTube channels, Brad.
1: Yeah, yeah Brad, I mean, like it sounds like it sounds like a
0: pretty positive thing to be to be mirroring. Yeah. I'm just saying, as we've said on here many times, YouTube is very sneaky, and you can be watching something that's perfectly fine, and then all of a sudden you're being radicalized in the wrong direction, yeah so just so just you know keep an eye on that youtube channel and- and look,
1: you think we don't talk like this because of stuff we heard when we were young.
0: You don't think we talk like this because we read uh Akewood for however many years? <laughs> yeah, my dude. Yeah, my dude. Uh all right. Here is another question from Blue Sky from uh France Ferdinand 2, our pal, our pal Ben Gully. Oh, I love it. Uh Ben Ben says, if you're going to have a video game adaptation of what are your favorite comics, what would be the best and worst genres for it to be?
1: Uh so so first we have to figure out the comic that is being adapted. Oh, no, not one of our favorite comics.
0: One of your comics. Oh, one of my comics. Sorry, I misread that. One of uh, well, your the the best one for
1: pretty much anything I'd done would be a, a Metroidvania.
0: Dracula unconquered as a Metroidvania.
1: Yeah, Dracula unconquered the Metroidvania
0: would be 100% what it would be. Um it's a Castlevania where you play as Dracula. Yes. Which I guess they've already done. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean like technically they've done several, but <laughs> but this this one What's you're tracking the warning for games? Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow, by the way. That's right. <laughs> Uh that sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. I mean Copernicus Jones, the video game, would be a point and click adventure, hands down. Like a monkey island type thing?
1: Or like a like a like a Phoenix right? Like a Salmon Max. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I can I can dig that. I can dig that. Uh yeah. Downset Fight would be a good like final fight brawler. Or even like a like a like a 3D brawler, I think. Could be really fun. Like a like a Or even, even like a Yakuza, I think. Cause that's honestly, a a Yakuza style downset fight would be great, cause we would get to put in a bunch of weird side games. Like Chug, right. Chug goes to the bat in cages. That would be really fun. Right. Uh worst? Uh I'm gonna can can I pitch one for you and you pitch one for me?
0: Yeah, let me let me say, since you did too, I'll say everything will be okay. Could be one of those like uh Dragon Quest style games. Not Dragon Quest. Dragon's what a, what is the game I'm thinking of? Dragon's Lair? Where like uh, it's all quick time events? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dragon Dragon's your- Lair that would be your best <laughs> I think that would weirdly fit everything will be okay because you're just dodging disasters throughout the whole uh, the whole game
1: Okay here's what's funny I was going to say every for for the worst adaptation of of one of yours I was going to say everything will be okay the dating sim <laughs> But now that I'm thinking of it I think
0: that might rule actually <laughs> That might rule uh I I do think that's a. If to adapt that into a game, it would have to all be all about like the choices you make as a player, um, affecting like where you go and what happens. But, uh, yeah. Interesting.
2: For you, worst, like
0: X Men 92, but like that NES X Men game mm. that was that, like, Top down, yeah, Uh, yeah, you're always running thing, thing where you like it's so easy to die, it's like notoriously hard and bad. Yeah, that game was not Uh, fun. Yeah, yeah,
1: X Men 92, the six player arcade game, however, that would rock.
0: Yeah, I that's a six player arcade game where it's you, somebody has to play as Jubilee,
1: yeah. That that basically exists, but not with Jubilee, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. That would rule. Uh let's see. How are we doing on time? I think I think that's about I think that about does it, bud. We can take one more. Let's take one more question. Okay. This is from Slaydro Valor, who says, Do you have any strong mac and cheese opinions or tips? Now, Chris. What? This is very appropriate because on Thanksgiving, you and Benito we, – we you, me, and Benito have a text thread, and Benito sent us a picture of his Thanksgiving plate. I didn't send a picture of anything because on Thanksgiving, we didn't do full plate. We kind of just like ate food as it was ready, <laughs> so I didn't have a full plate to show or anything I made to show because all I did was mashed potatoes. But you sent a picture of the mac and cheese that you made and it looked glorious. Yeah,
1: um, because I do not trust the people up here with mac and cheese. I don't want to name names. Fair. I don't want That's to call anybody out. And I don't want to be rude. But I did go to a Thanksgiving where I was served mac and cheese that had peas in it.
0: Sacrilege. And
1: even worse than that, it was like they were like, Chris, we know that this is a that like having mac and cheese on Thanksgiving like is a southern thing. So we made this for you. And put peas in it. Why the fuck would you put peas in it? I don't know, man. I like that's ev- every time I tell this story that is the reaction someone goes, "Why? why would you do that? I don't know, so I made mac and cheese uh this year for Thanksgiving, and you know what it was fucking delicious. It had four kinds of cheese uh and look, you can make a simple mac and cheese with like bread crumbs on top That's perfectly acceptable. I did use the recipe. For Bon Appetit's best. I used Uh BA's best mac and cheese. Uh, The only difference being uh, that I used uh, medium-sized shells, because I like shells and cheese. Uh, But that's got Gruyere Fontina. I put in some uh, aged Irish cheddar and uh, mixed the Parmesan with the Panko on top. That turned out phenomenal. It wasn't difficult. It was time consuming and it was like, you know, more difficult than busting up in the Velveeta. But if you're gonna make a an elevated mac and cheese, that is the one to make. You have to make it with milk.
0: But it is it is absolutely worth it. My only tip for mac and cheese would be have some kind of browned cheese
2: on top. That is what makes
0: mac and cheese. Finish it in the oven, breadcrumbs. Finish it in the oven, breadcrumbs, and, and parm. have some on top. Bread breadcrumbs and parm are great, but breadcrumbs are not necessary. It, you just have to have some kind of browned cheese on top to have something that has been. Let me reiterate. For the thousandth time, across our many shows, how much of a fan of the Maillard reaction I am. Browning makes food good. And so, if you have browned cheese on top of your mac and cheese, and have a little bit of, for lack of a better word, crust on your mac and cheese... It's gonna make the whole thing better. So, don't just make mac and cheese where it's just goop. Casserole it a little bit,
2: friends.
1: (laughs) Casserole it just a little bit, baby. Yeah.
0: Hey man, would you casserole that just a bit? You casserole that a little bit. All right, that's going to have to do it uh, for this episode of War Rocket Ajax. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions. There were a lot of questions we did not get to, and I apologize. Thanks to everybody uh, for sending in the questions that you did. Uh, we will be back next week. If you would like to send us a listener question or an Every Story Ever list or get in touch with us about any old other thing, you can email us at our email address, which is warrocketpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Blue Sky at Rocket ajax.bsky.social We're on Tumblr at warrocketpodcast.tumblr.com You can contact us in any of those places to ask us for a Discord invitation. More and more of our listener questions are coming from our Discord. Uh, You can be part of that thriving community of WarRocket Ajax fans. Uh, Just ask us for an invitation to our Discord and we will get you one and you can join in and be part of the fun over there on the Discord. Our website is WarRocketAjax.com It has every episode of the show we've ever done. WarRocketWiki.com is the fan-run repository of all the information you could ever need about War Rocket Ajax. Tons of stuff over there. Maybe soon, someone will make a list of all the things we do special voices for. We, we hope so. If you want to find me and my stuff, all you have to do is go to MattDWilson.net to find links to my comics, my books, my other podcasts, and my social medias. Chris, where can people find you? Everybody
1: can find me by going to the-isb.com. That is my website, and it has links to all the things that I do here and there around the web. That's it, everybody. Please come back next week for another show. Uh, it's going to be a good one. And then we've got a Christmas special coming.
0: That's right. It's It's approaching faster than you might think. Uh, The the Goose is fat as (laughs) fog. So be back next week and the week after that. Uh, It's going to be a great time to finish out the Year of War Rocket Ajax episodes. Uh, Until then, everybody, thanks for listening. Yeah, and do not forget, Black Lives Matter. Trans rights are human rights. As are abortion rights.
1: Drag is not a crime. And cops? are not your friends
0: but we love you we love you
1: yeah
2: for us every we everything to flash